0: This episode of Tales of the Void Fair is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over on the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show or any of the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you can join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash project derailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron-exclusive channels on our Discord, extended Q&A, episodes, and a whole patron-exclusive podcast, Derailed Off the Rails. Thank you everyone for your support, we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Previously on Tales of the Void, Voidfarer There's a lot of
1: unknowns that we need to answer pretty quickly. Anything of Mindflayer capabilities, their social
0: structure. Each crystal is the imprinted, specific memories knowledge of an individual. The crystal will create a facsimile to which can be interacted with. It flashes orange, and now you're standing there with an elf you don't recognize. Cyrus! The world around you dissolves away, and a new world begins to form slowly in pieces. Uh Mako? Wait, what? You see Hannah standing there. (sighs) She flickers and fades away.
2: i'm recording. recording
3: no me Seeker, i'm doing Do it. not
2: talk over me
3: no fight you know what i'm tired of you fight
0: <laughs> you guys forgot about the music
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> true it's your juicy banter while we're still trying to say we're recording oh yeah oh it,
3: is this the banter now
0: this is the I, banter now yeah oh, wow. you should know how this works by now yeah
3: you're right i forgot it's been so long since we played dungeon and dragon
0: <laughs> the just singular the dungeon and singular dragon. Well, we yeah. killed the
2: dragon, so now it's just dungeon. Fuck. Oh yeah, now this is the dungeon. dungeon. <laughs> but what yeah. about Mama? Guys,
0: we're done after this.
2: Oh my <laughs> gosh!
0: Wow. Wow.
2: It was fun.
3: (laughs) Weird ending you're leading up to. (laughs) Like I think my family is still in danger, but I guess we're done with the dungeon and the dragon.
0: Look, life is messy. And if there's one thing that this campaign holds dear is gritty realism.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Mm.
2: fair. We got canceled
1: by the network, so we got to wrap this shit up quick. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to write the novel of what happens to Luckbeak afterwards and just publish that because I still retain rights to the Uh, character after this is over, correct? Oh, yeah yeah totally oh good okay
0: i mean there's well, yeah. like there's nuances to the contract but we can go we can talk
2: okay That's fair.
0: <laughs>
3: i have to call him
2: flat <laughs> i do love the idea of saker like fully just selling out and just like ah do you want this like cute animal mascot in your thing <laughs> like it's like you know, he, Luckbeak starts appearing in like Burger King commercials and like every single convention and all sorts of stuff. Oh, I sure. do really like that idea.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting into the LCU, the Luckbeak Cinematic Universe, uh-huh. where, you know, he's oh, in the yeah. next How Do You Train Your Dragon, and he's like the link between, you know, all these different movies. It's fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: we, we do have to think about post-Voidfare, Void what we're going to do with these characters, so you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, you're making a lot of assumptions on the fate of your characters. <laughs>
2: My only plan is to never talk to any of you ever again. <laughs> God. If Mine only. too. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah. Makes there's a, there's true. that Beatles documentary that just came out about them breaking up. We're going we're gonna to do one of those. <laughs>
1: we're going to do there's a gonna Beatles. There's going to be
2: an Aaron Sorkin <laughs> movie
1: about this.
2: It's going to be a whole thing.
1: I mean, that was good banter. I mean, we ended up comparing ourselves to the Beatles. <laughs>
2: The Beatles, Tales of the Void Fair, what's the difference, really? Same thing. Was it,
3: I mean, the the Beatles called themselves more popular than Jesus, right? And so if we're better than the Beatles...
0: Oh, fuck, guess, transitive property.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, mm. wow. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you to all seven of our listeners. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, damn it, Fiona, I was drinking. <laughs> Woof. All right. God, do you want to actually play Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. (laughs) So, Marco Ravnus and Luckbeak entered the memory, specifically talking about Mindflayer ships. And as the scene of a dry dock is forming around you, Marco, you hear your name called behind you, and you turn. In time to see Hannah standing there looking at you, she flickers and fades away.
1: Hannah? Hannah! Hannah! I I look over to the other two to see if they see this.
0: Yeah, Flapwing and Ravnus, you don't see this at all. Um, you find yourselves materializing in this space, standing there with each other, Marco and Cyrus in his hot boy elf form (laughs) Uh, standing there on this railing. And then a fifth figure, um, a short gnome in a long robe that almost like trails behind him. And he has goggles up on his head and he's standing there with his hands clasped in front of him, expectantly looking at you. And do you guys see Marco kind of say Hannah and turn and look at like nothing the back of the room? Basically. I'm going
3: to like grit my teeth and look at, ravenous and be like oh he he, he finally broke <laughs> I was afraid this was gonna happen
1: you you did see this right I mean she was here like she was here I I mean I just saw her um
3: I didn't see anything yeah bud I don't know about that
1: Cyrus Cyrus come on you you mean you, you share my eyes I mean obviously like
0: you had to have seen her right I'm sorry I I didn't see anything
1: I look over to, like, the gnome.
0: He waves cheerfully.
1: And I just sigh and look back to the others.
0: His shoulders droop a little bit. (laughs) 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 He looks between all of you confusedly, but doesn't say anything.
1: All right. Um, listen, we materialized into this crystal and Hannah was there, like physically there, like not like a voice, like I saw her in full corporeal form. And and what did what did she do, Bud? She said my name and then she disappeared. As in, like you know, oh, I see you. I see this person I know. And then she disappeared. Okay.
3: Uh. So what? What? Uh, and I turn towards Ravenous and I'm like, gesturing, like, what? What do we? What do we do? Can we? Wait, but Isn't this like a uh, a memory or like a, a something
1: inscribed on here, right? Um. Yes. Yes. This is. This is some. This is an inscription, like an ancient. I mean, Cyrus, you can explain it to them better than I can right now. I'm still thinking about Hannah. Please.
0: Uh, he he, he looks a little flustered and says, "Uh, yes, this is a uh fabricated uh facsimile uh created through the uh, collaboration of memories to create this environment and area. Um, and this was specifically designed to be a space to which." those visiting and reviewing can learn information. Um, And he gestures to the gnome, um, this figure being here uh, specifically for the purpose of asking questions.
3: So, is it possible that she just maybe inscribed some information onto here? I don't know if that makes much
1: sense, but... This is, what, tens of thousands of years old. I mean, Hannah's my age. Like, we were born in the same time, unless she... I don't know. I don't think she was good at dunamancy maybe she was uh, here and maybe Dunamancy's. she was
0: oh god osiris is gonna say well if she were a part of this crystal we all would have seen and heard her and she would still be here presumably
1: okay as i'm trying to collect my mind can i roll like an arcana check to see what's happening here yeah go ahead okay all right so that's an 11
0: yeah it's really tough um it almost felt like as if you were trying to be like reached with ascending sending spell, um, but that doesn't really explain you being able to like actually see her in this moment, but you're not even sure like exactly how that would work because like ascending spell like kind of either works or it doesn't, but it kind of feels like that. But like, you, you really just don't have a whole lot. And then there's also that lingering doubt that like maybe you did just hallucinate. So that's what you get with an 11. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, uh, hell, I got a plus eight, in in uh, Arcana, I rolled a three. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't fun. Marco is, like, now kind of pacing, and he just starts talking, he's like, well, this, it felt like something like a sending spell, but one, a sending spell usually works, or it doesn't, unless you're on another plane of existence, and even then, it should work with a maybe static sort of sound attached to it. But, in this case, it was a corporeal body, like, somebody corporeal, like, essence, so it doesn't really work like that. At the same time, too, I think I could just be... This could just be all in my mind, and I just hallucinated a person, in which case, I am having a severe psychotic episode.
2: (laughs) I don't think you imagined her.
1: Uh, I think Marco will stop and just look at Ravness and not really sure how to react. He just kind of, like, stares blankly.
2: So, what was it, Ravness? I don't know, but we've been seeing things that no one else can see, so... But we know that they're real, right? So why can't this be one of those things? I, I I guess so. Okay, so... We're the only ones that see the squid ships. I'm the only one who saw the old gif. So why can't Marco see Hannah? Yeah, oh, I forgot about him.
3: Yeah, uh, okay. Okay. Well, hey, can you cast a, a spell right now? I mean, if she was able to contact you, maybe, I don't know, she's back in this plane or something?
1: Okay, um... Yeah, Marco is like suddenly composed again like you grounded him, like you stuck him into the ground sort of deal. Um and he's like, "Yes, yes, okay." Um and I'm going to try to cast sending to Hannah again. Um and I'll I'll burn one of my spell slots for this one and just say, "Hannah, are you out there?
0: You focus yourself and recite the incantation and the somatic components and cast the spell." And like before, it fails.
1: Now I have more questions than I have answers because I mean, <laughs> Luckbeak. If this is the case, then I mean, you remember how I talked about that like magical impossibility that that happening. I mean, that could be happening right now. Listen, I I need to think. Okay, so you're going to have to take point on this one. I mean, I'm I'm shit with ships anyway. So enjoy. Okay. And Marco just sits down and starts writing, and he says, uh, "Cyrus, do you do you you take notes for me."
0: Uh, of course. He he says, and he <laughs> taps his brain. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just keep it all in mind, and once you come back into me, then we can, you know, converse.
0: I wouldn't phrase it that way, but yes. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Cyrus is weird. And then he goes back
0: <laughs> <laughs> We really need to find another solution to this arrangement.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I wasn't the one to make it weird. <laughs> so the, the gnome, uh kind of standing there awkwardly listening to this conversation, looks from Marco to Luckbeak uh expectantly.
3: Uh hey. Hello Um I like look around, I say, All right, well uh what's this all
0: about then? Well, I am glad you asked. Uh, My name is Tova Boonspring, and I am an expert in the recovery and study of a lithid spacecraft, he says pridefully. Oh. And he gestures off of the catwalk that you're standing on over the balcony down into this large hangar, and you can see Mind Flare Nautiloid basically on a dry dock set on like large wooden timbers it's large spiral like snail shell curled up on the one end you can see there are decks that extend off the front of it and extending forward kind of spread out in four different directions are these large biological looking like fleshy tendrils that are a solid five, six feet in diameter at their base. And they taper off real small towards the end. And they're like spread out, draped over like sawhorses and like carts and stuff. And parts of them look like they're dissected and bits of the ship look like it has been kind of peeled away and they're scaffolding around it. And it looks like this ship uh, was recovered and is now being kind of disassembled studied.
2: A shiver sort of like goes through Ravness as she looks at it.
0: What would you you like to know? Uh, uh.
2: How do you destroy them?
0: They are susceptible to physical bombardment like most ships, although it is theoretically possible that if the ship was being piloted by an elder brain or enough mind flayers in the series helm they could erect psionic defenses but those tend to be less common as the colony would have to devote many resources to a single ship to do such a thing Additionally, it is also possible to board a craft and take out the Mind Flayers or Elder Brain that is piloting it. Though it would take a very skilled group indeed to accomplish such a task.
2: Is there any reason why, uh, why a, a squid ship like this would pass, but observers wouldn't see it?
0: He furrows his brow, and I'm like, I'm not sure what you mean. You The the ship cloaked to perception, perhaps? He, he thinks about it for in a second, and he says, it might be theoretically possible that, uh, again, a strong enough psionic force piloting the ship could perhaps render the whole ship invisible, but that's not something that I've seen myself, but huh, how would I? He says with a chuckle. <laughs>
2: Would it be possible in that case for some people to see it, but not others?
0: He thinks about that with eyebrows raised. I kind of crosses his eyes thinking about it for a second and goes, I, I'm not sure about that. I wouldn't know how such a thing would even work. I mean, if something is invisible, then it is unable to be seen by definition. I don't know how something could be selectively invisible.
3: Can you... Can you turn yourself invisible with magic, but make yourself visible to certain people? Is that something you can do with magic?
0: Not that I'm aware. But if it would be, it'd be very powerful magic. I mean, I suppose anything is possible. Uh, although, I mean, well, I am adept at some magics. I'm not, it's not my specialty, you see. Uh, Marco
1: speaks up. By magical probability, it is unlikely. And goes oh. back to his book. Okay. Huh. Well.
2: Okay. Do you know anything about Githzerai rituals?
0: I'm an expert on... lithid Nautiloids.
2: But do they interact in any way that
0: you know of? I couldn't say for sure.
1: Marco stands up and walks over and says, I'm sorry if this was asked before, but is there any way just to turn off the psionics?
0: I mean, theoretically, uh, psionic power can be inhibited in a similar fashion that magic can be. Uh anti-magic fields uh or um specific similar magic targeted specifically for psionic power uh that is theoretically possible
1: would that potentially disable the ship
0: yes i mean the ship is being powered psionically in a similar fashion that the spell jamming helms are used to pilot a normal spelljammer and spell jamming magic can be dispelled or dismissed in an anti-magic field it stands to reason that this ship would be susceptible to the same forces but this is powerful magic we're talking about
1: you need to invest in some sort of anti-magic field then then marco goes back to his notes
0: the gnome kind of gives you a look of like how powerful are you uh but doesn't say anything <laughs> He adds, uh, we don't need to stay here, by the way. We could get a closer look, if you'd like. And he snaps his finger, and wooden planks kind of fly out of nowhere and form a staircase that descends down into the hangar. Okay, I'll, I'll descend those stairs.
2: Yeah, Ravnus starts going down.
1: After about 10 seconds, Marco realizes he's being left behind and jumps up and runs <laughs> forward.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> And as you're walking down the gnome is just going to kind of absent-mindedly like rattle off some facts. While the exterior of the ship does look wooden in nature, it's actually an organic compound, not entirely dissimilar than the resinous plant matter that elven ships are made out of, but the substance is nothing that we've been able to identify. But it does appear that the Mindflayers do breed and grow these ships as living entities. Though it is hard to say if the ships themselves are sentient. They may just be organic vessels for the psionic manipulation of the mind flares. But it does allow the ship to feel pain and heal in a similar way that a living creature would. That makes me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Me too, he says, like, with a little shiver down his spine. Very unsettling, especially the wriggly bits. He gestures to one of the massive tentacles that are like draped over a cart from nearby. Mm-hmm. The tentacles themselves um, can be used to grapple ships, allowing mind flayers to board. And also some ships have been outfitted with grasping tentacles that can deliver magic, teleporting victims into the hold of the ship. So a mind flare ship can fly low over a settlement, and its tentacles can reach down and pluck victims from the streets, teleporting them to its hold, where presumably the mind flares will either feast upon their brains or subject them to seramorphosis. Huh. <coughs> the the gnome the gnome uh doesn't pick up on the uncomfortableness at all and continues (laughs) to rattle off and in some cases mind flayer ships can serve as essentially a mobile fully functioning mind flayer colony Inside the ship, um, especially the larger ones, this one here is an average-sized vessel, um, a little bit on the smaller side. There are some that are a little bit smaller, but some that grow significantly larger. And as you guys are looking, this is about the size of like the smaller ships that you saw in that encounter, the first three that appeared, but not as big as the big dreadnought and he says inside the ship you will find many chambers that serve similar functions to those found uh, by Uh, enterprising adventurers that have delved down into terrestrial Mind Flare colonies, implying that a crew of Mind Flares aboard a ship can theoretically function as a self-contained colony. Um, And in some cases, instead of a series helm, the ship will be piloted directly by a pool helm that contains the mother brain of the colony.
3: Huh. I, I like, look to Ravnus and I say...
2: Is is any, is any of this helpful to you? She shrugs and says, um, "I guess we'll find out one day." Yeah.
0: Ominous. <laughs> it's at least informative.
1: Okay. Well, um, thanks, Bud.
0: It is my pleasure.
1: Did we ask about the weak point, or was I lost in a book? My notes.
2: We asked how we could destroy them.
1: What was the answer to that? Yeah.
2: That they can take physical damage, but there may be some psionic defenses. Or we could also just go or on or and kill the Elder Brain. The Elder Brain. The will oh,
0: add, <laughs> if, if ship-to-ship combat is the way you would go, it would also be important to stay out of the reach of the ship's tentacles as getting grappled by the ship could very quickly uh, disable your vessel um, and allow you to be boarded, potentially, by the Mind Flayers.
1: Hmm. Is there any other weak point to the ship besides killing the Elder Brain, which, I'll be honest with you, I might take my chances with the ship.
0: Unfortunately, there's no single silver bullet to disabling uh, a Mind flare vessel. Uh, Not all the Mind Flayer Nautiloids are identical, however. Some will have a variety of different defenses or offensive capabilities, but the one thing that would remain consistent is that... Unless there is any psionic barrier providing protection, um, the ships themselves are not so sturdy that they couldn't be bombarded. Uh, and the, all the ships will have the uh, tentacles that can grapple. That's really all I can say for sure of any player not Nautiloid. And you also, like, know as you're retaining this information, the information that this guy has is also like 10,000 years out of date. So it also stands to reason that modern mind flayers may have more tricks up their sleeve, but you just really don't know for sure. I will say that the nautiloid that you see in front of you does not look too terribly different than the ones you actually saw.
3: Hey, this is an aside, but um, I mean, you haven't, you haven't seen any like girls in this simulation, have you?
0: You're asking the gnome? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm myself a simulation. Uh, and I don't retain memory, uh, I only interact with those that use this particular crystal, um.
3: Yeah, but I mean, like, within this, I mean, there's no other, like, uh, intelligences in here?
0: Not that I'm aware. Okay, okay. He he says now, suspiciously looking around as if you've, now you have him questioning. (laughs) Hmm. Which you imagine is just a quirk of the simulation. Yeah, yeah, a quirk of this guy's personality that has been imprinted into the memory. Got it.
1: Listen, if um we have no more information, I think the easiest way is to further test a hypothesis is to do it again. So maybe we should pull out of this one, try another one, and if Hannah pops back up, then we know something weird is happening, and I can go from there. Okay. All right. Also, keep an eye out for any other weird visions.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: How do we get out of here again?
0: If you shout to Scriv, <laughs> he'll be able to know oh, when you're ready to right. get pulled out. I forgot. Scrib <laughs> is standing at the terminal.
1: That was more as like Marco trying to like uh-huh. be in character. Just like, how do we get out again? Scriv! Scriv.
4: <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, you you shouting his name just out of realization is followed by a jerk, and you basically feel uh, your stomachs just kind of like like you skipped a step. And uh, Scrib will say, "How was your trip?" Ravness
1: looks at Marco. <laughs> Informative and odd.
0: So a success then?
1: Yes, yes, it was. Good. I am glad. Let's go in again. Okay. And like this time, I'm not even looking this time. I'm just grabbing the next one in line and, and shoving it in.
0: All righty then. Roll a D6.
1: All right. Five.
0: Five. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now you find yourself manifesting in what appears to be a lecture hall. It is uh, actually it looks not too sim- dissimilar from like lecture halls that you've spent plenty of time in, Marco. Um, it is not terribly large. Um, there are four tiers of seats uh, in bleachers that wrap in almost a full circle around a lower circular area in the middle with a chalkboard on a stand and a desk and you manifest sitting in a row all four of you the three of you and cyrus uh in like the bottom row in the middle and you see a human woman standing there in front of the chalkboard and on the chalkboard you see lots of scrawlings in Kratorian. And you actually see as you look around you, there's kind of like the shadowy outline of an entirely full lecture hall as well. Um, as you kind of manifest in- into this scene. The woman who has her like graying brown hair pulled into a bun and she has spectacles on the tip of her nose is standing there looking at you expectantly.
3: Looking at us? Yep. Oh no. We're in a nightmare. I look down <laughs> to make sure I'm wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's tapping a roller in her palm, disapprovingly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we were supposed oh. to be going
2: to this class all semester. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time we went. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, I know you did not read the syllabus. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking around for Hannah to
1: see if she popped up.
0: Nope. You don't see her.
1: Didn't think so. I'm disappointed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I say, uh, uh, sorry, can, can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> is
0: does... there anything that i can help you with oh what's the board say uh so marco you're the only one who well marco and cyrus can both read it um but you see that it does appear to be um a deconstruction of uh various mind flare uh abilities and like notes on their combat like capabilities and uh what they're capable of and like what's dangerous about them and what to be aware of and that sort of thing
1: this is a this is a simulation for mind flayer capabilities combat tactics so on and so forth so we can learn a lot about what they're actually capable of and we might actually be able to learn something about this spell
3: all right great well uh i don't I don't even know where to start with this. Either of you guys have an idea,
1: ma'am. where is the mind flayer's weaknesses? Like what are the weaknesses that can be exploited in combat?
0: Well, she says, mind flayers themselves are not particularly physically strong. They're not weak per se. though their, their strength would be comparable to the average human. Likewise, they're dexterity their mobility is not overly oppressive either nor is their their physical fortitude the mind flayer's strengths lie entirely within their minds their brains so exploiting them directly in physical combat you would find that they would be particularly vulnerable to such attacks
1: so, like, the spell feeble-minded?
0: An interesting theory. Um, the You will find that the Mind Flare would be particularly adept at resisting such an attack, but if you could manage to pierce its mental fortitude, such a spell would be quite effective. It may be a long shot. It may be better to perhaps distract or otherwise magically inhibit its ability to resist. Although, I will say that the Mind Flare in general is particularly resistant against magic in general. What is its
1: strength, then? What is it resistant to if we try to do anything like fire or poison?
0: Um, it's not particularly resistant to any of those things. it, It is particularly strong at resisting magical effects in general. Um, its main combat ability is the ability to assault others with psionic blasts, literally forcing its mind out and assaulting the minds of others. This has the ability to stun creatures that are unable in- to resist and particularly vulnerable to creatures that are weak of mind. Once stunned, the mindflayer would potentially attempt to feed on the creature, grappling them with their facial tentacles and attempting to extract their brain. The mindflayer will do this by literally boring a hole into the victim's skull with its mouth filled with razor-sharp teeth. And I should also mention that being grasped by the mindflayer's tentacles also deal a great deal of mental damage.
1: Do you all have any other questions?
3: I, I, I don't I mean, are we planning on fighting the Mindflayer sh- ships? I I... Consir- I am. Okay. I mean nobody can even help us. They don't even know that they exist. We're really gonna I mean, we're really beefing up our knowledge here, but I don't know.
1: Considering the fact that The world is currently under some sort of illithid spell. I think that it's a foregone conclusion. If we continue to pursue this, that we're going to have to face the illithids, at least at some point. Either by our own means, or whenever they enact their plan. and We have to be reactive. So it might be good just to know. Yeah. Because knowing is half the battle.
3: Oh, (laughs) interesting. (laughs) I feel like I've heard that before.
2: Okay, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Is there any way for the squids to alter memories or perception from a distance?
0: On an individual level, um, it's unlikely. Though the typical elithid doesn't possess such an ability. As they group up in larger groups and there are more powerful individuals, such things are possible. This may be more into the purview of the abilities of an elder brain.
1: So an elder brain could cause a mass hallucination uh one second
2: she quickly pulls out her
0: phone to google (laughs) the answer (laughs) Uh 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 she says that while the elder brain doesn't typically possess such abilities it stands to reason that as they grow in power um it could be something that could be achieved elder brains power is typically proportionate to the size of the mind flare colony to which they control. However, the interesting thing about that is that the mind flares' colonies generally, the size are generally self limiting because the prey to which they feed uh, is also the means by which they reproduce. And it would be insustainable for a Mind Flare colony to entirely wipe out a population, lest they rid themselves of the resource that they need to sustain themselves. So if a Mind Flare colony grows too large, they will outgrow the abundance of humanoid mines in the area for them to feed and reproduce with. So it usually leads to the Mind Flare colony splitting off. And one of the higher ranking members of the colony metamorphizing into a second elder brain and starting another colony elsewhere.
1: I think you see Marco look kind of like horrified for a moment and just goes, So theoretically, an elder brain, there's no stopping the growth of an elder brain only
0: as a means of food source, is that correct? As far as we know, um theoretically yes that's that's
1: unlikely to happen though
0: unlikely to happen yes it's not like the mind flares could instantaneously harvest the psionic energy of every individual in their region at once and then move on to somewhere else um just not logistically possible
1: i have a hypothesis i hope it's wrong i go back (laughs)
0: to my notes
3: wait 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 do you want to share
0: It is also worth noting that an elder brain's range of influence is only, um, so large, uh, um, in the order of magnitude of miles. So, while it is psionically linked in a hive mind sense with all of the individuals of its colony, its range of influence isn't unlimited.
1: I turn to the group writ large, (laughs) um, so conceptually, we're dealing with a situation in which... An entire galaxy, to our mind, is blanked on a very specific type of thing. In particular, noticing that hearing the words Mind flares in an active or threatening way. So it stands to reason that, that this Elder Brain, there's nothing that can stop it from growing. It's just more likely to split off into a second Splinter Cell. But theoretically, it could grow infinitely. And as it grows infinitely, its powers grow infinitely. So... Theoretically, let's say, an elder brain the size of a planet might be able to generate enough power to cause enough control over a population to not think that they exist, which would also give them an unending source of people to harvest and collect who can't even think about them enough to fight back. So, where do we fit into your thing again? I have no idea. Hmm she
2: uh, Ravnus will listen to what marco says and then look at the teacher to see if that seems like she's reacting like it's just like nonsense
0: no she's like nodding along um i mean she she is still just a simulation but she's nodding along like his theory does in fact like check out but like based on what she said it's unlikely it would ever escalate to such a degree
1: um miss um Is there any immunity to Mind Flayer or Elder Brain manipulation? Any sort of quirk, any sort of genetic alterations or resistances that could shield somebody from Mind Flayer influence of any kind?
0: Theoretically, uh, uh, anything that would protect you from being... Ah... Protect you from mental influence, or uh, from um, being charmed, or uh, any other such mind-altering magic effects would theoretically help you.
2: What do you know about Githyanki and Githzerai defenses against
0: the squids? Not much, unfortunately much of the information that we have here um regarding the mindflayers capabilities was gained through the tenuous alliances with some githzerai over the years but we don't know a whole terribly much about their methods of combating elithids
1: um if what i said is true I don't know what we can do to stop them. Well, we have to try. Well, listen, an elder brain is one of the most horrific creatures on the planet. I mean, an elder brain the size of a planet, I think, would... It it would be worse than even the the fabled Tarasque.
3: Well, there's a reason that it's not affecting Mm. us.
2: So maybe we have the power to do something about it. That's why we have to try. If what you're saying is true then all we can do is try to destroy it.
1: Well, I hope it's not true, but I mean, that is that is a fair assessment. But I mean, I um, this could also potentially explain the Kratorian Empire's fall, but I'm not sure on that one. Pieces are starting to fit in together now. Um, let's keep exploring, because this is right now just a theory that could potentially be true. And then the same thing could be said about countless things in the, world, in the universe.
3: Can I share a theory? Sure. He he looks a little sheepish and says, so, I mean, I've always been kind of an old soul, but maybe it's possible that I'm an elder brain and I'm the one that's shielding us from the other elder brain. There are times in my life I can't remember. And most of these are after Merrick and I went out graping, which is when I would eat a bunch of grapes and he would drink all night long. But do you
2: think that maybe I'm an elder brain? Um, If you were, we'd have to kill you. God.
1: I will say this, Flapwing. I am more, you have just as much chance of being an elder brain as Merrick does.
3: Oh, no. Both of us, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a horrible day that we found each other. This could be disastrous for the Voidfarer.
0: Does Ravnus check checker sword. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she pulls her sword out. She holds it up to Luckbeak.
3: I, I think. No, no, don't kill me!
0: <laughs> it actually is not glowing.
3: Oh, thank God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't know uh, what you were about to
3: say.
1: I got scared. <laughs> I was half expecting John Carpenter's oh no, the thing to happen. <laughs> the... <laughs> like, all of a sudden, just, like, tentacles start shooting out, and we have to roll initiative. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> yeah, she resheathes her sword and says, "Um, I don't think that you're an elder brain. Oh, okay. Because you'd be dead if you were.
1: An elder brain has a very distinct... um
2: look. Well, yeah, but I mean,
3: everything evolves. What if I'm the next level? Uh, But I'm not. I get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Elder brains are also really smart. Quick, give them word (laughs) problems.
1: I say, Flapwing, we're trying to prove a negative here. You're not an elder brain. Yeah, okay. You're
3: right. You're right. I'm not an elder brain. Unless.
4: Unless. (laughs) Unless.
0: Everyone, Nick Yurasevich here, your dungeon master and guy who has been spending all of his daily spell slots on casting sending just to harass Chris Perkins on when Spelljammer is finally coming to Five E. I think he's gonna crack soon. I can feel it. Thanks for listening to this eighth episode of Chapter Six of Tales of the Voidfarer. As I said at the top of the show, if you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer and all the other content we create, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on the Project Derailed Patreon. Now with a single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just chats about whatever happens to flutter into our minds. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thank you for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already. At VoidFarer Podcast on Facebook and at VoidfarerPod on Twitter. It's all been done a bare naked lady ugh. It's all been done a bare naked ladies. Wow, what the fuck, Saker? What did you name your podcast? It's all been done. A Bare Naked Ladies Podcast is the newest member of the Derailed Podcast family. Our very own Luckbeak, Saker, and Evan discuss each song in the Bare Naked Ladies discography with a variety of guests. Don't know anything about BNL? That's fine. I don't either. And I was a guest on an episode. They have been doing this show weekly for years, so there's already a huge backlog for you to binge. Check out a trailer at the end of this episode. Cape Chronicles, our new Masks a New Generation podcast, is well underway. The next episode of our superhero shenanigans comes out tomorrow at the time of this release. You can always catch new episodes every first and third Wednesday of the month. And stick around for a trailer at the end of this episode. Our next season of Fables Around the Table, titled She, is also in full swing. This season, we are playing the death metal-inspired RPG Morkborg. GM'd by Chelsea Rexinger, the next episode lands on April 27th. Come hang out with us over at the Project Derailed Community Discord, where we are always hanging out, chatting about all things nerdy, swapping memes, and playing games. So head to projectderailed.com slash discord to join in on the fun. Theme song and other original music by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Void Fair lands on Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. See you then.
1: I would like to be wrong here. I don't like my theory. My theory has horrific implications for the entire universe. But it's the best one we have working right now. So, I mean, we have to figure out more if this is actually plausible. More than what we have right now, which is a very good theory that made the simulation nod their head in agreement. Yeah. Well, how do we do that? Well... I mean, more information, I guess? In this case, yes. Um, More information. Anything else that we have on... Elder brains in particular, on their physiology, their growth, it's basically whenever you you have a problem like this, you have to introduce more variables into the equation. And as long as you introduce the variables, as long as the variable that you're interested in remains statistically significant, then it will be more than likely that that is the correct response. Um, Sorry, I... I yeah, it's... Yes, more information. <sighs> okay, that's...
3: <laughs> flapping was stifling a yawn at some point during that uh <laughs> that explanation
1: we'll get into we'll get into lodges and in probits later but for now we need to work on data collection okay
3: perfect Oops.
0: <laughs> cyrus is kind of like stroking his chin seemingly deep in thought kind of thinking everything over he says i think he might be onto something but there's still a handful of things that don't quite add up to me please
1: I'm be- Listen, Cyrus, I mean, you have to believe me here. I want to be wrong here. Help me out. Prove me wrong.
0: Um. Well, for one, I don't know if um, Elder Brain the size of a planet could even be physiologically possible just by physics. Uh, at a certain point, its mass would just collapse in on itself. On top of that, uh, are we saying that this supercharged Elder Brain is in control of an infinitely larger hive of mind flayers. The hierarchy of information would have to be... it, It seems impractical that such a being would have to be in direct control of so many. Well... It would almost imply there would have to be a hierarchy, perhaps an elder brain of elder brains, but I'm not aware of anything existing like that.
1: In particular, the physiology is certainly one that I'm not entirely sure of, but the idea of a hive mind, it is possible, and honestly, if you think about it from a mind player perspective, it would probably be desirable to have such a rigid hierarchy instead of separating elder brains off and living in tiny little fiefdoms of elder brains. To have one elder brain to rule them all, and then it descends down like the world's worst pyramid scheme,
0: in which we're all at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the bottom, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
1: it's the MLM of yeah, socks and EBLM. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, so it's possible, but.
0: To test that theory, we would have to presumably look for signs of not one, but multiple Elder Brains, uh, m- multiple hives of mind flayers throughout the system.
1: To my knowledge, Cyrus, I, I, I don't know if you have as much on Illithid as I do, but it would seem that when it comes to Illithids, typically speaking, as she just said to. They tend to branch off. They tend to split apart once they grow too large of a size. So you would think that they go off, it's kind of like a bee colony, where another queen potentially comes about and it might split the hive.
0: That is an apt analogy, the professor says. You never asked her name.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think we, we, we didn't have the time to think about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so it's plausible, but is it... So, considering the fact Physiology seems like a distant question mark here. The next one might be the ideas of hierarchy and society. How these how they function together. Does that sound right?
0: Makes sense to me.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Blank stares. <laughs> Marco just
1: keeps staring at them like okay, okay, so yeah, let's let's <laughs> um let's get to it. And I mean maybe we'll run into Hannah along the way and um Yeah. Scriv! and go right over to the crystals and find uh society
0: yeah there are four left um three appear to be like volumes of history and one is like society and ecology
1: and and walk over i'll just toss it to scrim and say throw us in
0: right away again the room dissolves around you again and reforms into a cozy office with wood paneling and floor to ceiling bookshelves to the left and to the right behind you is a large hearth with a fire and on the other side is a desk with a big like glass window with like cast iron pane frames that are in intricate designs and you see um a stuffy professor-looking individual sitting behind the desk um he is a half-work he's balding on top but he has these thick white mutton chops and has round spectacles perched on his nose as he seems to be perusing through a book as you guys appear sitting in cushy high-backed armchairs on the other side of his desk
1: um hello good evening um i am marco astorio and we're here to learn about um the Societal Practices of Mind players, or outfits, ah, if you will.
0: Very good. Coincidentally, that is my area <laughs> of expertise. Whoa! So weird. <laughs> <laughs> I am Professor Vurum Drubal at your service. So you would like to learn about the societal habits and ecology of Mind flares? Yes, of course.
1: Um... We're very much interested in how Mind Flayer society is structured. It seems to be like a hive mind. So if there's anything you could tell us about like how they tend to function, especially in regards to the Elder Brain, that would be very beneficial.
0: Of course. Of course, the Elder Brain serves as the highest point of command in the Mind Flayer hive minds. It is quite interesting, actually, the... Hive itself is in fact a hive mind that shares a single intelligence with memories, but... The individual Mind flares within the colony do have an individual identity and varying personalities. It is an interesting duality to think about, paradoxical almost, that the creatures can be both one of a single mind, but also individuals. Now, the Elder Brain itself, while looking orders of magnitude different than a Mind flare physiologically, it is in fact the same species... Over the course of a Mind Flare's life, it transforms, takes the original form of a tadpole that is embedded into a humanoid, and that humanoid undergoes the process of seramorphosis. Turning it into a mind flare. This is the most common type, but over time, um, certain mind flares may rise in ranks and in regard to their elder brain, and then go under another metamorphosis into a creature called a Eulatharid. These are essentially the admirals and lieutenants of mind flare colonies, answering directly to the elder brains they serve. Now, when a colony grows too large and wishes to split off, it is one of these eulothorids that will metamorphize again into an elder brain.
1: Is it possible for one to continue to grow in size, to continue to expand its power and reach by continuing to grow as an elder brain? I mean, especially if they have individual personalities and in attachment to the hive mind, it would think that one would want to gain power to be the most powerful of Elder Brains.
0: It is. Possible, and it is true that an elder brain will retain elements of its personality that it has developed over time throughout the course and many stages of its life, but as far as if we know of an elder brain growing to beyond what is typical, um, it's not something that we observe ever uh, that I'm aware of, but it is, I suppose, theoretically possible. We do know that an elder brain's power is is directly connected to the size of the hive that it commands it almost draws power from the collective consciousnesses of all of the illithid individuals beneath it theoretically a hive could grow to a size and the brain itself to a size to which it would gain additional powers and abilities but um it stands to reason that uh It's unlikely that the hive would be able to find a source of nutrition and reproduction that would be able to sustain a Mind hive that large.
1: Okay, then let me ask you this. Why then would they instead splinter off to create new colonies, to create new elder brains, when it could be that as long as they continue to expand under one, they could grow and continue to, like, maintain and farm a food source. It, it seems like it's kind of a hunter-gathering method for food source when you could farm individuals for cowing. For cowing.
0: <laughs> for cowing. Um, well, y- you are not wrong. Um, the mindflayers have experimented with exactly such a thing. Um, the entire existence of the Gith is an example of this. The Gith as a people were enslaved and experimented upon to be a sustainable source of nutrition and a tool to be used and manipulated that obviously resulted in the gith revolting and escaping the Mindflayer's control and there are other creatures that are the result of Mindflayer attempts at domestication and basically herding creatures for the explicit consumption and use um uh, the uh Quagoth is uh such a creature um ortlings are another example and even mind flayers have experimented on many things including but not limited to even beholders
1: that's another thought i want to think about um let me ask you this um beholders really
0: the result is something called a mind witness
1: huh so um would it would stand to reason if these societies break apart would there be rivalries would there be like is this a collective sort of group effort or are we talking about like
0: dissension between
1: hives is there illithid on illithid fighting wars
0: no such a thing is relatively unheard of when a hive splits off the Splitting off hide will venture out and find new territory, usually far away from the initial hive. This is specifically so that the new hive does not compete for the same resources as the old hive, as that is, in fact, the reason they split off to begin with. It is in the mutual interest of the new hive uh, and the old hive to go their separate ways and never interact again.
1: Okay, so... All right, we have to assume, then, that there's at least one elder brain out there that's smarter than me. And would Mm. have at once thought that staying together and trying to find a way to make one elder brain the most powerful of all the elder brains is in their benefit because it means they get to expand their empire.
0: Theoretically possible, Cyrus will say.
1: So even then He's
0: he's sitting over there like massaging his armrests as if he's just like reveling like the ability to like have feeling again <laughs> and is enjoying the very cushy chair.
1: <laughs> um Okay, so Marco is then going to look over to um Oh shit, what was his name? It was something it was something great.
0: Uh it was uh Professor Drubal.
1: Drubal. that's it. Cause I was
0: uh Professor Volram Drubal
1: yeah because Drubal was like a as a candy um okay, I remember it in my head, so Professor Drubal, has there been any historical evidence of mind flayers attempting to grow beyond this type of hive mind sort of growing and splintering off mentality to potentially grow to a larger colony, say one that could be sustained
0: on a planet or anything larger than that? actual historical records of mind are not my direct speciality but to my knowledge no there have been to my recollection specific attempts at mine flare colonies growing to larger sizes but most of the time they fail either dying out due to lack of resources exhausting the availability of humanoid minds at their disposal or they abandoned the enterprise and split off Okay, so dangerous but not impossible. I
1: might be the Elder Brain. Because <laughs> I am having revolutionary ideas for how to create a uh, Elder Brain. Galaxy Brain! brain. <laughs> oh my god. Literally a galaxy brain. <laughs> They're thinking in terms of seas. I'm thinking in terms of, like, the Sea of Stars. <laughs> um,
0: We're all made of star stuff.
1: Okay, so. Well, we cannot reject the null hypothesis. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Check that box. <laughs> but no, we cannot, we cannot discount this theory that what is happening is an elder brain has grown to, by the metrics that was described by the other woman, to potentially planetary or wider scale... So we need to go further. We need to actually look into elderbrain physiology to see if it's even possible to get to that size. Or for one to exist in space, no less.
2: Where do we find that information on these things?
1: Well, the last three were history. So they wouldn't be on anything of elderbrain. brain. We'd probably have to go look in somewhere else.
0: Or you can always go back to the physiology one and ask more questions. Oh, no. You could revisit any of these.
2: No, we burned them (laughs) after we we used them.
0: The video game, do you want to replay this level? No, a C is fine. (laughs) Did I unlock the next level? Yes, then we're moving on.
3: (laughs) Not trying to achievement hunt here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, if we wanted to go into my next highest level of of uh, hypotheses that are probably not true, is that Val's dad is the Elder Brain.
3: That's what I was thinking for real, to be honest. And that the ship is some sort In of, my like, mind. Uh, the vehicle that can feel things. And, I mean, obviously, the void fair is a big... Anyway, we don't have to speculate.
1: I wasn't the only one yeah, yet. No, I,
0: wasn't the only I
2: definitely one
1: thinking was
0: thinking this. it. No, 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 no. Speculate all you want on Mike, so okay, I can hear you. Okay, cool.
2: <laughs> I, I did not think that at all. But now I'm like, all Wait. right, we got we to gotta <laughs> kill him now.
1: <laughs> God, it's going to be like, what is it? Um... Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with uh, fucking. Oh, Ego, yeah. Yeah, with Ego. With Kurt Russell. Yeah. We're going to need to have Kurt Russell play Val's Dad. Uh, okay, I'm down with that.
3: N-
2: yeah.
1: N- Nick Caldwell. i will be a Russell. fun guest. I'm sure he's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. I already referenced John Carpenter's The Thing, so we're already there. I'm going to get at least one big trouble in Little China reference before this thing is out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking go. I mean, thematically, we're building to Kurt Russell.
2: Yeah. Well what does this you it's always say, Kurt Nick, Russell. that we joke about things and then they come true. Nick, you yeah. get Kurt yeah, Russell <laughs> to be
0: on our <laughs> yeah. podcast. Let me just do it. Let me let me call him up. He's on my
2: phone.
1: <laughs> listen, I okay. love Kurt Russell. So Kurt Russell, if you ever listen to this, please come on our podcast. <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> Kurt. There is a
2: standing invitation. You can be whoever you want to be on the podcast. <laughs> you can be luckbeak if you want. We
3: yeah, that's care. fine. <laughs> we can have Flapwing and Luckbeak somehow. We'll figure it out. Oh shit. <laughs>
0: I want just have, like, a multiversal split. Yeah, like, Ugh. there's one timeline where, like, he stayed Luckbeak, and one timeline where he, like, became never Kurt became Luckbeak. Yeah, <laughs> became <laughs> Kurt Russell. So, alright. Okay, but in seriousness,
1: though, Kurt Russell, call us. Um, do you think that she'd have information on elder brain physiology? I thought this was just illithid.
0: Well, Cyrus will say, um brains are illithids. They are the final stage of a lithid physiology like your bee analogy from earlier the elder brain is simply the queen bee of the beehive
1: okay so let's um yeah okay we got to go back to what's her name maybe we should ask her name this time
0: (laughs) well so you were that was abilities you didn't get her name um, the you the three cream you talked to last episode was the one on the autopsy table that was about oh, physiology.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry.
0: So, but either either one may have the info you're looking for. So it's kind of up to you.
1: Okay, let's go back to let's go back to physiology. Scrib.
4: <laughs> Shroom.
3: Mom, pick me up. The sleepover's done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mom, come get me. I'm scared. <laughs> kids um, are drinking <laughs> <I'm> mom <almost> i <laughs> crying at <into> the sleepover <laughs> again
0: so uh <laughs> so which one do you grab
1: um the physiology one
0: okay so you grab that one and you plug it back in and you are transported back to the autopsy table um which if you recall was also in like a lecture hall but it was like a different lecture hall than the uh than the uh one that was lecturing on mind flare capabilities um And you see the three Kreen standing there uh, over a slab that has a mind flare on it still. And he looks at you and clicks his pincers and you hear in your minds, Hello, how can I help you? We need to know more about Elder Brain
1: physiology in particular, their capabilities Would they have the ability to survive in space or to be able to create a vessel that could help them survive in space? He will
4: say...
0: "Uh, Let me see totally looking at the elder brain stat block he's going to say the elder brain does not have physiological way of sustaining itself in no atmosphere uh or if that is what you're implying it does have a limited ability to to teleport its entire being um a short distance
1: At what size did the elder brain start to collapse in on itself, where the brain gets too big?
0: Well, the elder brain itself is made up of a a gray matter not too terribly dissimilar from the materials that make up all humanoid brains, uh, uh, fatty flesh that is not terribly rigid. Um, I would estimate that the typical size of an elder brain, which is typically about 10 feet in diameter would be the average some can grow up to 12 13 maybe even 15 feet in diameter um i would speculate that structurally it probably would only be able to grow to maybe twice that size to be able to retain its shape um before it just collapses under gravity though theoretically it may still be able to function while suspended in its pool even at those sizes, but... As long as it's in its pool, it could be sustainable. Usually its pools are uh, also constraining in size, but it stands to reason that an elder brain quickly outgrowing its pool could have its hive create a new larger one and teleport itself there.
1: Okay, so theoretically, I could build the world's biggest punch bowl. (laughs) And fill it with the liquids that can sustain an elder brain, and by the standards that we've laid out here, as long as the elder brain does not leave the pool, it can grow infinitely. Is that I correct? I
0: wouldn't say infinitely, because even while suspended in fluid, I would imagine the elder brain could only survive its shape being distended to only a certain degree. At a certain point, I would imagine it would become more of a gray matter pancake than a actual brain in the common sense. And I would struggle to conceive it functioning in such a form. But at some point between that and its normal state, I think it would still would be the the upper limit, I would imagine.
1: Okay, so it did not completely reject my theory.
0: This is a highly hypothetical and curious thought experiments, as we've never, to my knowledge, uh, witnessed anything like that.
1: Well, yes, my dissertation is on, you know, um, the theoretics of elder brain size.
0: Fascinating. I look forward to reading
1: it. Indeed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is certainly a confounder, but right now we have horrific implications that does have at least some degree of doubt that is mixed in, and that the physiology might not be able to sustain it to the size needed to generate a field that could alter everybody's conscience. aside from us, for whatever reason. Oh my goodness, what a fascinating day. I've learned a lot, I have thought about horrific implications about the way the universe <laughs> is structured, and I potentially saw my dead friend.
2: Oh, <sighs> sorry. <laughs>
0: um, okay Four. you did you, you ask the three crane anything more while you're in this memory? No. Alright. So I imagine you call Scriv and he pulls you out. Um yes, so Scriv Yep. Shroom. you hear a voice coming from the other room where you left the rest of your team. Merrick's voice. He says, Uh guys. Yeah? Who's that? And you poke your head out of this room in time to see a Githyanki individual in makeshift, like, wraps and bandages with makeshift armor and a rusty sword standing in the doorway, kind of wide-eyed like he wasn't expecting to see anybody here. And he turns and he runs.
2: Ravnus runs after him. Merrick, Go!
0: okay. And Merrick will make chase. Who else is making chase? Ravnus. Ravnus, uh, just just Ravnus and Merrick?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: I, I'm uh, not gonna be good at yeah, this. Yeah, I was just thinking that, <laughs> that's
0: why. Okay, Ravnus, roll for initiative real quick.
2: Okay. So I
0: have my little minion.
2: I didn't recognize this person,
0: right? It, it's hard to tell because they were kind of across the room, but it does not look like anyone you recognize.
1: Oh, wait a second. I have spells <laughs> so do I I cast animal friendship on him <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Marco if you if you want to roll initiative as well you can as well
1: how far away was he
0: he was like let's see across the room he probably started about 50 feet away
1: okay so yeah um,
0: so we'll do initiative and then you'll act on your initiative okay yeah you're not okay. gonna get you're not gonna get the jump on this guy okay Ravnus what did you get
2: I, I got an, a natural 20.
1: I got a 13.
0: Oh shit! Um, okay, and Merrick. Oh no, Merrick rolled the natural one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because I screamed at him to just do uh, something. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah so- he, you shout, Merrick, get him, and he goes, "Oh, okay." And uh, like takes two steps and trips. Space. Yeah, <laughs> trips, lands into a rotting like bookshelf. Books go flying nice. everywhere. Um, So the Githyanki actually won initiative. So he's running down the hallway. Uh, He's now, he gets out of sight immediately around the corner. Uh, Then Ravnus, it's your turn.
2: Okay. Um, She is going to psionic long jump and hopefully land on top of this person to tackle them. Okay,
0: well, you don't have line of sight on them now because they duck down the hall. So you can run, uh, it's 50 feet from where you were standing to the doorway.
2: Oh shit, okay. Yeah. So she's going to double move there and hopefully regain line of sight. And then when she can do that.
0: Yes, so you do get there and you see him running down the corridor. It's the same corridor that you came from uh, and it opens up into the big like mess type central common area. So yeah, he's running through that. So he is like now like about halfway across that room. He would be, he double moved. He'd be 60 feet from where you are now.
2: Okay, so when I double move, that gets, okay.
0: So, okay, so you double moved uh, all of your movement, so he'd actually be 50 feet away from you.
2: Okay.
0: Because you double moved and he double moved, and you have the same speed. So. So, but you now have line of sight.
2: Okay, so the psi powered leap only cost me one foot of movement, um, but that's, like, is that an action I'm taking in addition to moving?
0: Uh, that is a great question. Because
2: I can action surge.
0: Uh, what is the description for Psy powered leap?
2: When you make a higher long jump, you can roll your psionic talent die and extend the distance of the jump up to a number of feet equal to twice the number rolled plus twice your intelligence mod- modifier, minimum of one extra foot. This extra distance costs you only one foot of movement.
0: Yeah, then you could do that. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like that's just part of your movement. Okay. So, but you're spending like your psionic thing to do it.
2: Yeah. So that is 18 plus four plus 12. So 34 feet.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) uh, you launch yourself most of the way to him, landing 15 feet away from him. Okay. Fun.
2: Was that moving with or without my action
1: surge?
0: That was without your action surge.
2: Okay, she's. I'm going to take my action surge <laughs> them to get the rest of the way.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to sit down. I don't need to do shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ravnus just like the wind.
2: <laughs> she's going to get this person. She's curious. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So you're just action surging to dash? Yes. Okay, so that is like more than enough uh, movement to catch him. So um, uh, I will give you a free grapple because you have plenty of movement to overcome him. So you just use that. You basically barrel into him oh, and you're uh, make- You're
2: making me do long jump rolls and- make, And
0: grapple, grapple in one turn. Yeah. You made this character. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs>
2: uh, I, see, I made a fighter, so I want not have to know formulas. But.
0: Uh, so go <laughs> ahead and uh, make an athletics check.
2: Athletics. Oh, I'm good at that. 15 and 8 is 23.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's good Oh no. Um, yeah, you basically grab him and take him to the ground. <laughs> pinning him. Uh his sword kind of clatters and skids across the stone. What the fuck was Baron going to do? Who's Merrick get? And by the time Git comes out, there was this flash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Merrick just immediately tripped and fell on his face. He did not even leave the room. <laughs> Robiness, uh, like,
2: knocked him over as she ran out.
0: <laughs> uh, a couple moments later, Azerath, uh catches up.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: and will stand
0: over him, like, holding a stance, basically, to back you up in case he, like, tries anything. He just says, let me go. Tell us who you are. It's not important. They know I'm here. If I don't return, they will come looking for me.
2: Who knows? Kazath. Um, and she says, so Kazath knows that we're here.
0: I'm a scout. I didn't know you were there. I was scouting the area. For what? Food, supplies, anything we could use.
2: Um, does the rest of the group sort of, like, come and catch up to them?
1: What are we talking about? (sighs)
2: Sorry, I ran all the way here.
1: I just far stepped my way over there i shoot
3: him a dirty
0: look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think Marco waited until Luckbeak arrived and then just, poof. Oh, God,
1: yeah. No, I'm not going to, like, be yeah. polite about it.
0: The, the Gezzerai is going to say, please, if you kill me, they'll come looking for me. If you let me go, I will, I I swear, I didn't see anything.
1: Um, Sorry, my friend, but, I mean, it seems like you're... Willing to say just about anything in order to get away, and then you could tell your boss, who would probably hurt you if you found nothing whenever something was here. So it would be in your best interest if you went back to actually inform your boss of our location.
0: Am I wrong? He he looks at you and goes, Listen, just don't, don't kill me, please. I, I don't want to kill it. Helpless man. I mean, it's. If you kill me, he knows where I was going to look. If I don't return, he will send others. It's really up to you, Ravnus.
2: Um, why is it up to Ravnus? Because it's your <laughs> plot line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, um, Ravnus is going to um, sort of like look at the others, and she'll say, "He's right. They're going to come looking for him, regardless." But. We might be able to get more information out of him.
1: I'll go start collecting
0: the materials so we can
1: clear out of here.
0: I, I, what, I'll tell you whatever you need to know. Just please don't kill me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where is Kazath Station now?
0: Um, he's going to say, the camp, it's, it's in the cleft span south of here.
2: Is he planning anything?
0: Uh, he looks nervous and says, he has plans. Yes, none that concern you. He doesn't even know you're here.
2: What are the plans against the giants?
0: Uh, he looks surprised and he says, yes, we're amassing weapons that we can find. He plans to strike tomorrow night, attempt to commandeer their ship, so we can finally get off of this hellhole of a rock.
2: Uh, she starts of eyes and, and looks at Marco and uh, she says, is there any way that we can
1: erase or alter his memory?
0: His eyes start back and forth, like panicked at that idea.
1: There's capabilities, but I don't have them. Unfortunately, unless Scriv does, I think that we have to take him on his word.
0: I promise you, I won't tell a soul.
1: Um, All things considered, Ravnus, he might already know that we're here. We could clear out of here after getting as much information as we can and make our way over to the next location, which was the actuary's office.
2: Marco, why did you say that? <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> That's authentic role-playing. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I did say that. Well, I guess we got to kill him.
3: Wait, she... wait, 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 wait.
1: I'm going to... Detect thought on
3: him, to see if he's telling the okay. truth or not. Basically, sure. Uh, what are his surface level thoughts? Uh, he, does he get to say? Uh, I don't think for surface level. Uh, let me double check.
2: Ra- Ravnus is also going to insight check.
3: Yeah, go person. ahead and make an insight. Check.
2: Yeah, I initially learned the surface
3: thoughts with no che- uh, save.
0: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Ravness's insight yep, first. Yep,
2: yep, yep, yep. It wasn't very good. It was an eight.
0: Yeah, uh, he he he's panicking. Um, he he's definitely pleading for his life. He he seems sincere, the best you can tell, but it's it's tough to read with just all of the emotions that he's experiencing. Luckbeak, you get much of the same. He's he's panicked. He's fearing for his life. Um, you get the thoughts of like we're coming so close to finally escaping this place, and I can't die here. I need to survive. What can I tell them that will get them to spare me? I will tell them anything. Uh, To get them to spare me. I'm
3: digging in deeper to see if he actually won't tell, basically. Uh, He gets a wisdom saving throw.
0: Okay. Uh, That wasn't very good. Let me see what his modifier is. It's the beat of 14. Oh, yeah. He doesn't come anywhere close. Um, Yeah. No. um, The minute he gets back, he's going to say something.
2: Oh.
3: Oh, you're putting me in charge of his life. Uh, <laughs>
2: why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> you, you've done that yourself. Oh man, Ravnus is gonna let him go too. <laughs>
0: Damn. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I. How dare I put moral quandaries in this D and D? I mean, game.
3: I have to say, I'm, I'm gonna say, um, he he's gonna tell.
0: No! 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 I won't! I swear!
3: I just, please. Please. I just looked inside his thoughts, and he's—he's he's gonna go back
0: and say something. Mm-hmm. His eyes are wide. Uh, he is now panicking. I can't watch this. I'm walking away. I say to
1: us, uh, like, actually, I have an idea that might at least buy us some time. Um. Well, Don't say it. How sure are you? Relatively sure. Um. I can conjure an elemental that can carry him.
2: Don't say it.
1: Can carry him to another part of this entire establishment so he'd be lost and he might die but he'd still live he'd have to find his way back to his person but that does give us time. They
2: they know which direction so they'll be on our tail regardless. She looks at uh, this person and she says are you from the blackest scowl?
0: He nods.
2: Ugh.
0: Make a strength saving throw. Oh, shit. Um,
2: 19 plus 8 is... 19 plus 8 is 27.
0: 27. Damn. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to even beat that. Okay. Okay. Um, he says yes, like locking your gaze, and then suddenly he jerks his hands hard like he's going to begin casting a spell, and Mist begins enveloping him, and you almost feel his body become a little slightly more insubstantial, but you're able to clamp down on him and interrupt the casting, uh, preventing him from Misty stepping away.
2: Ah, oh God, we have to decide what to do. Nicholas, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate decisions um, <laughs> um, Ravnus is going to look at Ezrath and says are you going to kill him
0: do you think I should
2: um, she looks at him and uh, she says um, I am going to show you mercy that I don't think you've ever been shown before and you can decide to do with that what you will. And she's going to let him go.
0: He kind of like tears in his eyes looks surprised and a little bit in disbelief. I want you to make a persuasion check.
2: Ooh, I'm not good at it, though. (laughs) You can
0: take it with advantage.
2: Okay. All right. Dice don't fail me now. Uh, that is a 15.
0: Okay. He glances between all of you and nods and doesn't say anything. And he hesitantly, like, steps towards his sword that kind of clatters to the side and kind of slowly, like, putting one hand up to you guys, like, easy, reaches down and picks it up and sheaths it and turns and runs
2: and uh Ravness is going to stand up and uh brush herself off and say I think we should get moving Hmm. how dare you Nicholas (laughs) making me make decisions (laughs) hate decisions
0: Thunder crackles against the cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. She is waiting.
4: See and hear this terrible like cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists. Uh, maybe
2: he's like juggling or something. Maybe he's found some like dismembered um, body parts and he's he's using that as a distraction.
1: Galgenbeck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there.
0: Rejoice! The fall of humanity comes. But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table. She.
4: Didn't know it all the people. That was crazy. Holy
3: fuck, Mike Mitchell. Well,
0: I I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies.
3: Justin McElroy, grab your tongue, grab your tongue, and I want you to say, Our born tongue. on a pirate ship.
0: Bum a fit.
3: You were born on a pile of shit and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them. Probably like a third of the time. So uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it.
4: As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal. Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it has uh, something new out and he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them.
2: Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale.
0: Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime.
3: Remix. Am I the only one confused why Quasi can
1: whisper?
4: Quasi raptor. quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here.
3: ProjectDerail.com.